Welcome back to the Moose Bros Podcast, where we drink water out of glass bottles because plastic is for poor people. I'm Harris, Huncho Harris on the gram, here with my brother Armin, Armin Moose on the gram. We're ready for week five, which is more than we can say about the Tennessee Titans, so let's get this money. Catch last night's Thursday night football game. Yeah, honestly, I forgot about it and just randomly. Uh, yeah, I completely forgot about it too until I want to say it was like I don't know second quarter. I started watching, so I watched basically when like Nick Foles started that one drive he put together to get him in the end zone. Um, yeah, so I saw it and I watched the highlights. And Nick Foles got Brady's number, dude. Uh, yeah, I mean. Nick Foles, 2-0 against Brady. He didn't even have to do it in the Super Bowl this time. He got him during the regular season. Yeah, uh, Thursday night games are always usually a shit show for the uh, away team, and I think it kind of showed. But Brady's blunder at the end of the game was something that I don't think anybody is used to in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, his age showed at the end there. I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah, He was like, yeah, third down, let me just chuck a pass across the middle. Yeah, incompletes it. He's like, oh, yeah, we got fourth down. And the refs are like, no, nah, no, nah, get the fuck off the field. You're done. Yeah, th- that was such a fucking bullshit move on Tom Brady, dude. <laughs> he knew it was fourth down. It was oh, like, yeah. it was like you know, when you when you play basketball or any sport, and, like, say you're playing basketball and you throw the ball out of bounds, like it's a really bad pass, and you're looking at the player like, oh, I thought you were going to cut here. And, like, yeah. it's like, no, you just threw this fucking awful pass, and you know yeah. you did. Um, so, yeah, it was like the classic, you know, uh, you know, when he fucks up and he realizes he fucks up, he goes, it was third, right? Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Like, no, shut up. You definitely fucking fucked up, and then you just went and yelled at all your teammates. And yeah, you know what you did. Yeah, he but 100% yelling, it was fourth down. Did you see him go off on that offensive lineman? Yeah, I saw, but honestly, dude, how is it the lineman's fault when Cleo Mack is fucking arm drag, hip-throwing his ass fucking across the I field? I know, dude. Like, no, the that's guy definitely... had no chance. That's definitely on the whole line. You got to double Khalil Mack. You can't just let him go one-on-one with your left tackle and just cook him like that. That was bad. Yeah, he was having a field day out there. Like, he sacked Brady, and then just, like, while he sacked him, he just flipped the fucking lineman on his ass. Like, it was absurd. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny when you see that, and everyone's like, that's the leadership we need. And then when you see other players do it, they're like, oh, he's being a brat. I think Brady is um, – paved his brand i guess on the field to know that that's him being competitive whatever it is but i think after the game it's 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 kind of crazy thinking of how they respond to those questions like bruce arians was he doesn't give a it almost like it almost looks like he doesn't even like brady the way he responds i highly doubt that's the case but he was when he was asked about the fourth down play. He's like, "Yeah, he knew. Was, yeah, he knew it was fourth down. He's a fucking." Bomb. I actually didn't see the press conference, but yeah, that's and, definitely something I expect from Bruce Arians. Yeah, and then Brady himself too was like, "Yeah, I knew it was fourth down. I knew we needed a chunk or something, so he went for it or whatever it was." Oh, so he knew the whole time. Uh, yeah, he definitely knew the whole time. Oh no! I mean, the, even when that happened, I was watching the thing. It was the classic, you know, like, yeah. "Oh shit, I fucked up. How can I look like?" Oh, right. How know, can I like, save face? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so no, he definitely fucked up. He knew he fucked up. Bruce Arians knew he fucked up. There's no way Tom Brady's been playing football for this long, excelling at the highest level, and then 
on a Thursday night game against the Bears, he forgets it's yeah. fucking fourth down. There's no way. He just fucked up, and he didn't want to. I, I, it seems like maybe there's some pressure on him. And I don't know. I just like when he was yelling at the sideline, like none of his players want to look <laughs> him in the eye. They're all just kind of looking away. Like, is he going to come at me or? Uh, I think though. Yeah. Like you, you mentioned, he yelled at his players, but I think that actually speaks volumes for that bears defense, because as a bears team, you're kind of looking at the offense and just like, like laughing at their QB situation. They go from a shitty quarterback to a very inconsistent Nick Foles. But everybody forgets the fact that this is one of the top defenses in the league, and that's the reason they're actually winning these games. And you guys got guys like Khalil Mack just throwing around offensive linemen. You know, got guys at every level. You got Roquan Smith and as a linebacker. Um, your safeties and secondary are amazing. Eddie Jackson's probably one of the best safeties in the league. So I think people tend to forget that they still got an elite defense, which is probably the reason they're winning or the reason that they are, what, 4-1 and one now? Yeah, they're 4-1 and one now. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the defense in their schedule, I guess. But, I mean, before the season started, I said, it, because of the signing of Nick Foles, they were a year behind Jacksonville. Like, Jacksonville had that great championship defense, and they had really bad quarterback play, decided to sign Nick Foles, and it went to shits. That's basically what I think is going to happen, even though they're 4-1 and one now. I don't see Nick Foles stringing together a successful season, even though he just beat the, you know, Tom Brady, even though he just beat the Bucks, who were trending upwards. Yeah. I still don't see it. I mean, it was a Thursday night game of a short week at home. And from what I've seen Nick Foles play, he's like your, he's your perfect backup. I don't ever see him leading a team. But, I mean, I could be wrong. But I think that, what you saw yesterday from Nick Foles was like the best football you'll see from him. He's very streaky. When he's hitting throws and he's playing well, he's good. But then he also just has a lot of bad that goes with it. So the defense will definitely keep him competitive and keep them in games. But I think it's always going to come down to their quarterback play. And I don't think their quarterback play is going to pull it through for them. Yeah, no, I mean, you even saw it last night. I mean, he had some great throws. But then you saw one where the the receiver just like smoked the corner on a perfect like corner route and he underthrew it by like 10 yards and you're like yep that's Nick Foles for you right there yeah exactly just way too inconsistent and then you have to stick with them because Mitch Trubisky is he's done with the Bears so yeah we'll see what that defense does for them they played well yesterday against uh the Buccaneers but still a long season I guess yeah sure uh so moving on the Tennessee Titans literally give zero fucks about COVID they were like, yeah, we got six players or seven players and five personnel that got it. We're just going to keep going with it. Uh, we can't go to our practice facility, so we're just going to decide to have private practices. We don't give a shit. Um, they still keep getting more positive tests, although that's stopped. So hopefully they'll have their game against Buffalo today. But it almost seems like they're trying to get like their hard games out of the way or like get them moved later on to the year. So they can play the easy ones now. And then maybe once those harder teams come along, they can have a few players injured. Uh, I don't really know what's what's going on with them. Yeah, but. I think the Titans are trying to pull a fast one here on the NFL. And I'm here to stop it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think they're going to get punished because of... I don't know what the punishment is going to be if they lose a draft pick, if they get fined just money. But yeah, for what you're, like from what the reports are saying is that these players... Players, the ones who even had 
uh, COVID and stuff were practicing in a private facility or whatever the hell they were doing. I mean, it's all alleged, but obviously, yeah, they don't give a shit. Honestly, I, I blame. Uh, I say I blame Trump. He's tweeting out here that he feels better than ever after taking the meds he's pushing, and I think the Titans, you know, were following his advice. They're like, hey, he's an old geezer. He got he got away with it. He's doing fine. Why was it yeah. stopping me? I'm a perfectly fit NFL I mean, player. Th- that is the leader of the country. It's kind of someone whose example we should follow. So. Uh, maybe that's what they're doing. That's what it looks like so. they're doing there. And then, honestly, I don't trust Mike Vrabel and his stupid mustache. You know he's up to something. You know he's always fucking... But, I know. mean, he is a, a disciple of Bill Belichick, so anybody that's been around him for a while... And he used to wear a neck pad, too, when he played, so I don't trust this guy. Yeah, there's, there's nothing to trust about him at all. He looks like a type of guy who would, you know, have, uh, you know, COVID or some disease and cough on you. So... Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not feeling what the Titans are over there. Ruined the entire league because everyone else in the league is like, "Hey, we're good, man." I'm like, yeah, you know, nothing over here. And then fucking every other week, the Titans are injecting themselves with bacteria. What the fuck they're doing over there? So I think they're trying to ruin it for the league, trying to because their Bills game now is postponed until Tuesday. So they're playing Tuesday, and then. And then the Chiefs game that was supposed to be played on Thursday is now playing on Sunday night, I think, or something like that. So it's just like rearranging everyone's schedule because the Titans just don't give a shit about anybody but themselves. So I'm hoping whoever plays them this year twists their neck. Yeah, no. It's At first, I was like, when their continuously positive results started coming back, although this is pretty kind of far out there, like maybe the initial batch of players included like big names like Henry or Tannehill. So they're trying to prolong the time off so they can come back. But it was just like all backups. And now in the meantime, one of their top receivers, uh, Corey Davis, happened to catch it. So instead of catching footballs, this guy's catching diseases now. Yeah, that's, that's a bad move on his part. I don't know. I think, uh, I think like, I mean, even I, like I said, when it happened, I feel like they should have just played it as if they were injured players, especially hearing that it was just backups. You can just sign you guys on the practice squad or whatever the hell you need to do to keep it moving. But, I mean, obviously the NFL decided to, you know, part of me thinks of, say, the Titans were playing some, like, bottom feeder. But they were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they're like, oh, we got to make sure we have this game for ratings and this and that. So let's not trot out, like, a bad team versus a decent team or whatever. But obviously that's just, like, conspiracy. There's no way to know what the hell they're doing. So I don't know. I just think that the Titans, if it's coming out that they just, like, stopped giving a shit and started – you know, completely not caring about the rules and regulations or the safety measures, whatever they had to do. Not so much like how much they care about, you know, the disease itself, how deadly it is, whatever it is. But the simple fact that they like, they knew that if something like this would happen, it affects the rest of the league, not just themselves. Like, of course they can't play, but now the Steelers have an early bye week. Now it affects the Bills game coming up. They have to play on Tuesday. Then it affects the Chiefs games. It's like a you know domino effect, and I think that's I think to me that's like what's annoying because it's like if you're not a fan of the Titans, and you're a fan of another team, if you're a Bills fan, a Steelers fan, you're like, okay, great. So our season's fucked up and gets all twisted up because the Titans were just, you know, ass clowns. Yeah, fucking around. So I yeah, think I that part annoys me. If I was, you know, but it is what it is. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I th- 
it's not even like it's impacting just the Titans games because now like the Steelers Baltimore game in week seven has to get pushed back another week. Um, yeah, like this Bills game that's supposed to be between Kansas City and Buffalo is getting pushed back to Sunday instead of Thursday. And it's getting impossible to even keep track of like all the, you know, readjustments in the schedule. So I think punishment possibly is coming towards them, especially if they really did have those private practices and they did not, you know, take the necessary precautions. Draft picks probably losing first, second rounders. Um, I don't know. I mean, the NFL kind of, like we mentioned in a previous podcast, they prepared, but I think they prepared for something of more of like a league-wide thing happening where they take off a couple weeks and just move everything back two weeks. I don't think they, well, they probably did prepare for it, but I don't think they expected just one team to have like 20-some instances of positive testing. And I think the Titans probably should get some sort of punishment. Yeah. I, yeah, I think where the punishment lies for me, like why they should get punished or fined or not that even that's that big of a deal. Like I don't think it really affects them unless they lose draft picks or if they lose, like if I have to forfeit a game or whatever is really what it'll affect them. If they get fined money, then that's just whatever the owner is pissed, you know, but to me, it's the simple fact that if it does come out, they do, were not following whatever rules they had in place. And because of these rule, because of not following these rules, it spread faster, whatever the case was, you know, I think that's where they should get fined because ultimately it's like, for instance, I think if they get COVID and it happened to spread and it was like, okay, it's an inevitable thing. I don't think it's that big of a deal because it's like, Oh, what can you do? You don't control that, but you control practicing, you know, in private, when you have it, you control following the regulations, you control wearing the mask, all that bull crap that they're telling us to do. Then that's when, and then if you don't do that, and that's the reason it spreads, and that's when you should get punished. I don't know what the punishment should be, to be honest, but something to be yeah. like, okay, you can't just be ass clowns and ruin the whole league for, you know, not even the players who are trying to compete, but obviously it's a business and fans want to watch it and all that. So, I don't know. Whatever they're doing, they need to fucking yeah. get uppercutted and uppercutted <laughs> out of the league, maybe. Yeah, well, I've read a couple of stories that are like the Titans should should just forego this season. Fuck it. That seems kind of far-fetched, but I'm at the same it. time, if this keeps going on, to some extent, yeah, I'm for it, but to some extent, it's not fair. Of course it's not fair. I'm fucking around, but fuck them. <laughs> I'm fucking tired. I'm fucking tired of these Titans, dude. They're always doing some stupid shit. I, one season, the cut coach is going to cut his dick off. Now, all of a sudden, they're all taking hydrochlorococcine or whatever the fuck that shit is called. I'm fucking tired of it, dude. Get them out of the league. We don't need them. What do they do? Honestly, what do they out? really do over there in Nashville? They fucking they listen to country music. They wear hiking boots and or cowboy boots. And then they have fucking bachelorette parties every other weekend. That's not any fun. So get them out of here. You know, there's no need for them. All right. Well, there you have it. So in our last podcast, we did kind of the conventional awards that, you know, that are always out, the MVPs, offensive players. But I think we should touch on, like, different awards, something that's not really given out at an NFL ceremony since we're quarter of the way through the season for everybody but the Titans. I think we should we should try to kind of see just a different way of looking at the NFL. 
So we came up with a dozen awards, the Baker's dozen awards that I think are pretty fun. So you ready to get started? Let's fucking do it. Baker's dozen. All right. The first award is the most devastating pitch and catch combo. I guess the best wide receiver or quarterback wide receiver duo. What do you got? Okay. So for the most devastating pitch and catch combo, I took this award very literally and I went with Keelan Allen pitching it to <laughs> to Austin Eckler and dropping that pitch, which would have been the game-winning touchdown to beat them or to beat the uh, was it the Chiefs? No, who the hell? Is uh, the Panthers. Yeah, to beat the Panthers. That was very devastating. That would have been an incredible play to win the game, but they dropped that pitch and catch. So I'm going with that one. Yeah, <laughs> that is actually a great a great uh, pitch and catch. Devastating one. Um, I didn't take it as literally as you. I took it figuratively and said Wilson to DK Metcalf. Okay. Um, honestly, it could really be Wilson to anybody because it's just crazy what he's doing up there. Uh, the next one is the best comeback. What do you got? Okay, so this one I did the Chicago Bears versus the Falcons. Just not so much that the Nick Foles comeback was crazy by any means, but I think just the timing of it, because they just blew the the lead to the uh, to the Cowboys, Cowboys and then the yeah. next week they're like, ah, okay, it happens. I get it. We'll take your memes. We'll take your jokes, and then they just go and do the same shit. So to <laughs> me, I just think that the not so much because it was Nick Foles, and like you know the whole Mr. Bisky thing, but just the timing of that comeback to me. Uh, I'll give it to that. All right. Yeah, I was really between two of them. It was that one and, like you mentioned, the Cowboys one before. I guess I'm going to give it to the Cowboys just because you picked that one, just so we don't have the same thing. But, yeah. Uh, Best unit, the unit. Okay, so for me, for the best unit is Derrick Henry. He's about 240 pounds, (laughs) 6'4". He's an absolute unit. So I'm going with him. He's uh, He's been crushing the league for a couple of years now, and everybody fears being six feet you know and that's what's crazy when we're going back to the the corona thing you have to be six feet apart from derrick henry because he'd kill you if you know if you're any you know trying to tackle him up close so the fact that yeah. the titans are willing to get that close to derrick henry you know it's pretty scary so i'm going derrick henry he's a unit <laughs> all by himself so. oh man that's good uh, I think I'm going to give a, a shout-out to the Bills fans here oh, just so they all don't think I hate them. I'm going to say the Bills offensive line. That's good, though. Because Josh Allen has all day to throw, and Bills fans will realize just how good Josh Allen is if one of those players gets injured. Yeah, their their line's been protecting him well. Yeah. Uh, best cover man. I guess this can be safety, corner, even, like, good linebackers. I mean – Miles Jack had a, a great coverage last week. Yeah. Um, this one I'm going with just a very traditional one, safe one here. Uh, Stefan Gilmore. I just think he's yep. he's been playing at um, upper level of last year, and he's kind of continuing it this year. So I'm going Stefan Gilmore. He's he's up there in my, my books for top corner. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, apparently he's caught COVID himself, and he covered Patrick Mahomes so good that he might have given it to him. Yeah, I saw he uh, whispered something in his ear that, you know, who knows what it was. But Uh, I actually went with, yeah, kind of like you, except I went with Casey Hayward. I think he's probably underrated, but he's really locking down on those receivers. 
Yeah, he's definitely underrated. I'll get, that's a good one. Since we uh, talked about COVID, who do you think had the best ma- best mask of 2020? Oh, so far, John Gruden. The dude put a pirate patch over his fucking nose, <laughs> and he did not. I don't know how the hell, you know, they didn't spread anything over there, but he definitely just took like a he took a eye patch and just put it over his <laughs> mouth and was just like, oh, I'm sick of this mask, and so I'm going with him. Yeah, actually, I think one of their players actually did pe- test positive, but it was just a one-off situation. That was definitely because of Gruden. Yeah, he's trying to explain to him how to do the sputter two wide banana, yeah. spitting all over his face, and he's like, "Dude, get an actual mask." Don't to the fucking fullback. Yeah. Uh, I went with Bill Belichick's nose mask or whatever the hell he had. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. It literally just like covered like the tip of his nose. The dude looked like a bird. So I, <laughs> I didn't that see that good. one, but I saw after all the against the Chiefs games when all the yeah. COVID stuff was happening, he put on like three masks. Yeah, he, he couldn't masked. even breathe. <laughs> so I saw that one. Well, that's yeah. good. One, but I'm, I'm actually good excited. One. I'm excited for uh, to see what kind of outfits he's got on his face this year. Oh yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely gonna hook us up with something. <laughs> um. So the most unclutch play. Okay, so this one I thought this one was a. Pretty easy. Uh, you probably have the same one. The Falcons onside kick recovery. <laughs> yeah. I, I, dude, I've, I'm still baffled by it. And it, the best part, too, it was like there were some starters there around the football, like Julio Jones and uh, Hayden Hurst and stuff, like starting players that you would expect to like have the awareness and wherewithal to jump on that football. That was a complete – I don't even know what yeah. to call it. That was, yeah, to me <laughs> – That was unclutch. <laughs> Yeah, that was literally as unclutch as it gets. So I'm going the Falcons for that one. Yeah, I pretty much have that. I mean, I I think the hook and ladder should be up there too. Um, just because they almost executed it perfectly. They had everything set up perfectly and you just threw it behind them. But you can't go against that Falcons yeah. meltdown. That was awful. Yeah. Like the hook and ladder, it was like, you know, it's one of those plays like everyone tries it and always like sometimes it works to get tackled, whatever the hell the case is. But that onside kick recovery is such a routine playing football, and they stood around it like fucking hot potato, dude. It was insane. It's actually crazy. Like, didn't the Falcons last year have like three consecutive onside kicks in one game? Yeah, yeah. I remember watching it too. I don't, I don't remember who they were playing, but it was on like Sunday night or it was like a night game. Uh, Yeah, yeah, they recovered like three in a row or something like that. Um. Yeah. So they they've really turned around as a team. Uh. Who? What? Who's? Well. What player or team has surprised you the most, most surprising performance? Okay, so for performance, I went with the week one Jaguars win over the Colts because <laughs> I don't think anybody in the fucking world thought they were going to win. As big of a Jag fan as I am, I did not think they were going to win. And they fucking uppercutted Philip Rivers, punched him in the nuts so he can't have any more kids. Uh, that surprised, I think, the whole league. Even, you know, I guess that surprised me who I predicted them to win, but it was just, you know, to predict them to win. I didn't even have any sort of – I didn't even have an argument for them to win other than Philip Rivers is a fucking bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, that to me, that was the most surprising performance uh, to – so far, uh, the first four weeks. Yeah. I, I mean, I actually took it through the whole first four weeks as a team. I think the Bills and Browns do need to get some respect because I, I don't think people had them, had them expected to be this good. Uh, but I picked the Saints, man. They kind of just fell apart Ooh, after so that you first went the negative route. Yeah, after the week one beating of Tom Brady, they they haven't been themselves. 
Uh, apparently, Drew Brees can't throw anymore. That defense, they allowed like four touchdowns to the Lions this week. Um, so I'm definitely surprisingly disappointed in the Saints. I thought they'd kill it. Uh, the next one is the most devastating injury. Okay, for this one, uh, I went with the Jets for keeping Adam Gase. I think that the injury and, and the insult to injury being added to the New York Jets fans there is at an all-time high. So I think keeping adding Gase for the first four weeks is uh, pretty tough on the Jets fans. So I'm going with that one. Yeah, the Jets fans. Yeah. Uh, I, I went the conventional way on this one, and I think Michael Thomas. I think the reason the Saints are doing so bad offensively is because he's been out. So I'm giving it to him, even though he's going to come back. So hopefully that'll turn around. Uh, so number nine on this list is the safety you'd be most terrified of when running an in route. Okay. I guess this is this is the the Darren Sharper hardest hit and safety at a league. The hardest award. hit safety league award. Um, yeah. Okay, so for this one, I went with Harrison Smith, just because every single time I feel like I see that guy, he doesn't lead with anything other than his helmet. <laughs> and he is he's constantly like he's a big hitter but also i feel like every single time i see him in a game or him in the highlights he's putting his uh brain on the line and going at it so i'm going yeah. harrison smith he's definitely the craziest looking safety i've ever seen yeah for sure um i think i don't know none of them really pop out at me uh ever since like cam chancellor left and like yeah. earl thomas isn't really playing it's hard to pick but i think I actually watched like a highlight video of the hardest hits and Keanu Neal is on there a lot. So I, I went with him. Although if this was on an out route and we were talking corners last night's hit by Kyle Fuller was disgusting. Yeah. Fuller set that up. Uh, fucking, yeah. I, you know, speaking of that game, we didn't talk about it earlier, but my favorite part about these stupid fucking refs is whenever they bring that guy on the screen, like when you're watching it at home, they bring that head NFL bozo who's just like goes and explains like how it's not a penalty or goes and explains how it's not a fumble or how it's a catch or whatever the hell he gives his explanation and he goes and talks about how the refs are the best thing to walk this fucking planet. And then the call on the field is always the complete fucking opposite yeah. of what that guy just said. So it's like, who the hell is right? Do we listen to you? Stesator, whatever the hell your goddamn name is, who just comes out with a suit talking about how he's never wrong. And then the guys on the field just do the opposite. Someone's not communicating here. I don't yeah. know. But he's, I got off topic. I mean, he's been, out of the, he's been out of the rough game for a while, so I don't know if I could really trust him. I don't anyways. trust any of those clowns that come up on there. <laughs> they literally come up and just fucking – you'll see – like that play yesterday, I was like – Oh, okay, that's a fumble. He definitely had it in his possession, took like three steps, big hit, dried the ball loose, clear recovery, right? Yeah. And then he goes on talking about, oh, he's like counting his steps and doing all this random shit, talking <laughs> physics. And then he goes on to say it was not. He goes, this is going to stay on the field for sure. There's not enough evidence. And the ref's like, yeah, definitely a fumble. And it's like yeah. that happens all the time, and it's just super annoying. But I don't know how I even got on there, but screw those guys. Yeah. Uh, next up is the receiver you'd most want to crack back. Okay, so this one I went is probably the same one, but I went with Cole Beasley. I'm tired <laughs> of that little fucking shit just squirming around in the middle of the field. Like somebody needs to fucking clothesline this guy. I don't get how it's every third and twenty-two the one guy open is Cole Beasley all the time. 
So I'm tired of that guy. Somebody needs to crack back him. Uh, not going to be me. He'd definitely clothesline me if we ever <laughs> saw each other face to face. So I'm just, you know, throwing it out there if anybody's listening. Uh, for me, it's Cole Beasley's definitely up there, but I, I just want to crack back Odell Beckham one time, dude. Oh, okay. I, can I can't. See that. that guy pisses me you gotta off. You got to be uh, worried about his watch, though. You might hit that instead. That's, that's why I want to crack back him. Like, I just want to wreck his watch or whatever jewelry he's got on. Oh, for sure, man. I can see that yeah. one. Um, so next up is the player most likely to break your ankles. Oh, so this one I had, he hasn't done this in a while, but, uh, I'm going with the Nadama King Sue. Uh, he's been stepping <laughs> on people's feet for quite some time. He's as of late, he hasn't done it, but if I'm worried that anybody's going to break my ankle, it's going to be Nadama King Sue by stepping on it. Yeah. Uh, this actually came to mind because last night I was watching Alan Robinson and the dude's just like cooking people off the line and just uh, you randomly see like videos if you follow a lot of uh like sports pages that show football randomly see videos of him just like breaking dudes ankles off the line so i went with alan robinson yeah if I'm the main reason i even put this on there is because i saw a highlight video of him yeah he's really good after the catch if i am gonna actually put one legit player i'm going lamar jackson oh yeah for sure i don't know why it didn't come to me but yeah lamar jackson uh, next up is the player you'd be most terrified of as a quarterback. So for me, I think I would do, uh, Aaron Donald. I think it's kind of like the, to me the I guess just the easier logical answer. He looks like he'd snap your body in half. So I'm going Aaron Donald. Yeah. I mean, the guy tosses offensive alignment. He just like chucked, uh, Josh Allen, the one play, he was like, I don't give a fuck if this is a horse collar or not, or if you're in a pocket or not, I'm just throwing you. Um, so he's definitely fucking scary as fuck to be across. Khalil Mack last night, too, throwing offensive linemen, like threw Brady to the ground and just stood next to him, was like, yeah, you know who this is. Yeah, Khalil Mack um, was, uh, was scary last night for sure. Yeah. I actually went with Jamal Adams, even though he's been out for a couple weeks. Um, when he went up to Seattle, he's like, I just love the blitz, man. So if you're a quarterback, you, you, you're looking at where Jamal Adams is and you're shitting your pants, I think. I could see that. He's a hard hitter. And the last one we got, the player you'd want to be bros with the most. Okay, so for this, this one is easy for me. I'm going Gardner Minshew. Yeah. He's just super cool. He's just got like a really funny personality. Definitely looks like a guy you just hang with and – Shoot the shit with. So I'm going with uh, I'm going with Gardner on this one. Yeah, I I really wanted to pick him too, but since Blake Bortles is back in the league, I gotta pick. Blake oh, Bortles. that's good. I forgot he was back in the league, man. He was he was yeah. uh, he was the guy for quite some time in Jacksonville. Everyone wanted to hang out with. Yeah. So um, I guess if one thing Jacksonville does right is just pick cool guys. Yeah, yeah, most swaggy dudes. Um. So yeah, that pretty much wraps up our our Baker's Dozen Awards. Um, we should probably give like names for these. Yeah, we'll we'll come up with something for next time we do these. We'll give them names. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you ready to get onto our pick six, week five predictions? Let's do it, motherfucker. And a pick and a six. All right. So last week, from the regular set of games, I had five right and you had four, but you actually got your two point conversion because you picked the Eagles to win. Uh, so let's get into this week's games. Your first one is the Rams at Washington. Oh, I'm going Rams here. Washington bench, Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen's coming in. 
Um, I don't think it's going to be enough to get them over the hump against the Rams. So I'm going Rams. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I got the Bills at the Titans. Is that yeah? Bills at Titans. I'm I'm gonna have to go with Buffalo. I don't even know if Titans are gonna be able to field a whole team. So yeah, I mean, not practicing for that long. That's gonna be that's gonna be brutal. You got the Eagles at the Steelers. I'm going Steelers. Uh, Eagles barely squeaked by a broken 49ers team. The uh, Pittsburgh is on that early bye week, so they had some time to prepare. So I'm going to I'm going with the uh, uh, Steelers. All right, my next one is the Cardinals at the Jets. Uh, this is a pretty easy one, but hopefully the Cardinals don't fuck this one up too, man. I had hope for them, and they've been letting me down lately. But I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, next one for you is Broncos at Patriots. I'm going to go with Patriots even if Cam Newton doesn't play because I don't think he's actually scheduled to play. But I think uh, I trust the Patriots team more than I trust that Broncos team, regardless of their iffy quarterback. If the boat gets in, then we're going Broncos, but I'm going Patriots. All right, Broncos or uh, Patriots pending the boat. So I got Raiders at Chiefs. Uh can't really go against Kansas City. I mean, they've been winning, so until they catch an L, I'm always going to choose them. All right, well, here we go for your favorite team, Jaguars at Texans. Oh, so I predicted the Texans to win. They're coming off uh, Bill O'Brien firing. They're going to be fired up. Even if they had Bill O'Brien, they probably still beat the Jaguars with Deshaun Watson. So I'm going with the uh, Texans. Only, though, right. for reverse psychology. That way the Jaguars <laughs> actually win. But we're going Texans. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I got the Bengals at the Ravens. Uh, another pretty easy one. I don't think uh, uh, Joey Burrow goes on any sort of streaks. I got the Ravens in this one. And you got the Panthers at the Falcons. Oh, that's a tough one because it's like both teams are kind of in the – I'm going to go on a limb here. And I think the Falcons are sick of their coach. They're sick of doing this whole comeback thing. I'm going with Carolina. They've been they've been slowly playing pretty decent. I'm going Carolina. Uh, so you think the Falcons are going to give up on their coach with the hopes of him getting fired? Oh, too? for sure. They're definitely they're definitely they probably honestly they're sick of that guy for the last couple of years now, but he's still there. Um, so yeah, I'm going Carolina. So mine, oh man, I got the Dolphins at the 49ers. It's going to be a tough one because I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is back. I guess if he's back, I'd pick the 49ers. But if not, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Noise. I think he's, quest- he's questionable, but I- I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Noise. Uh, so you got the Giants at the Cowboys, NFC East. I'm going Cowboys. The Giants don't scare anybody in the NFL right now. And I think Dak Prescott will finally get a win, get a second win because they beat the uh, whatever, Falcons. Uh, so I got – Colts at Browns. Um, Browns have been surprising me, so I, I'm going to pick them to beat the Colts. Ooh. Keep Jacksonville in that AFC South. Oh, I'll take it. All right, Sunday night. So we both got Vikings at Seahawks. I'm going Seahawks on this one. Kirk Cousins not living to the season I thought he was going to have. I'm going uh, Seahawks. Hawks. Um, yeah, I'm going to do the same. Um yeah, he's just Kirk Cousins just been crazy and hasn't come down from that since the beginning of the year. And I'm assuming you're gonna go for two. Yeah, I'm going for two, man. I'm not a clown. 
<laughs> the Monday night game is the Chargers at the Saints. I, before we get into it, I think when we went, when he did our um, year-end predictions in the last podcast, we completely missed it. But I think Dr. Hebert uh, deserves some recognition for what he's done in Saint Yeah, in he LA. just officially got the starting spot. Uh, but even though um, Tyrod Taylor's good to play, yeah, Dr. Hebert's been uh, better than I thought. I did not think coming into it he would be as good as he is. I thought he was going to have a couple, like a year or two to, you know, work on his mechanics and all that. But against the Buccaneers, he was throwing some dots. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, between those teams, who you I'm got? still going Saints here because I think Michael Thomas is back, right? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. It's either this. Uh, I think he was like week to week, so I'm uh, probably this week. I'm expecting Michael Thomas to be back because uh, they need to win a game. Um, and he's going to come back with his slants. So I'm going Saints on this one. I'm actually going to go for the Chargers. Oh, bold move. Uh, yeah, the Saints are letting me down. And even if he does come back, he'll probably be limited. So I'm going to go with the Chargers. Dr. Hebert's first primetime game. He's, he's going to come through. So, yeah, that wraps it up. Did you want to touch on anything? No, pretty much covered everything. Cool. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Moose Bros podcast. You can check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Or if you want to see clips of this, uh, check us out on YouTube. Thanks. Nice. Go, Go Hawks.